having these more digestible quick formats to be able to see your vision, see your goals, continue to refine upon them to create new ones. Don't be attached to this one vision that you created at the beginning of this process. You're listening to The Life and Money Show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families and impacting the world around them. And now here are your hosts. Hey, everyone. I'm Annie Dickerson. And on behalf of the entire Good Egg Investments team, I wanted to welcome you to this episode of the Life and Money Show, the show where we talk about everything from investing to financial freedom to parenting, traveling, creating a life by design and everything in between. And on today's show, we are really going to do a deep dive on life by design. In fact, this is part of a limited series, a three-part series where we're going to dive into what it means to live a life by design, how you can craft your own life by design, and so much more. So thrilled to be diving in today. But first, wanted to let you know I'm here with my amazing co-host, Susan Elliott. Susan, how are you today? doing good. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be diving into this topic too. I think it's just it's what brought so many of us to investing in the first place. As I always say, it's not like I invest in real estate because I love the assets and the land and the buildings and the numbers and the spreadsheets. It's because of what real estate allows us to do. And I think you are such a great example of that. I mean, just what was it last week or the week before you were doing your birthday challenge run? I think we talked about that a little bit on the last episode, but close the loop for us there. How did it actually go? Yeah. And this is like a tidbit of one of our five freedoms that we're going to talk about on this session today, the freedom to be able to give back. And this was a big goal of mine was to kind of leverage my 40th birthday and a big athletic goal that I had for myself, which was to run. Originally, it was a big traverse of a national park and then forest fires turned that into just three big days. Like how much can I run in three big days, elevation and distance? But I wanted to use that all to like amplify something good in the world that a message, a mission, an organization that I care a lot about. There's so many wonderful ones out there that could use any bit of extra support. So I signed on as an ambassador for Free to Run, which is an organization that brings running programs and coaching and mentorship and leadership within all of that, not just the athletics, to girls in conflict zones in other parts of the world. So a lot in the Middle East, but in all kinds of regions in Africa and those sort of things where women's rights are just often put in the last place there. So I successfully raised a thousand dollars through both my birthday, but also like I'm taking on this big goal to help me use that to support the mission and bring this type of opportunities to other people. So it felt so good to be able to have the time to do that. I mean, it took a lot of extra time to just fundraise, to set everything up. It certainly took a lot of extra time to be able to train for that kind of event. I did have three just super majestic days up in the Mm. North Cascades attending a a three-day trail running and climate summit, actually. So I even integrated in some more of my learning Mm -hmm. and professional development around climate action in there. But completed uh, 18 miles a day and between five and 7,500,000, f- using the wow. thousand word there, just kind of shocked me, <laughs> even though that was true. Just a ton of elevation gain every day. And it felt so empowering to be able to do both of mm. those. Yeah, that's amazing. Actually, as you were talking, it reminded me of a time I am not nearly 
as athletic as you are. And I aspire. In fact, as you've done these things, I got back into doing some weight training. I'm like, I could do a little bit. At least Susan does all of this stuff. I could do at least a little bit. So I've been doing a little bit, but but it reminded me of back when my husband and I lived in Vancouver, BC. One of the mountains there, there are lots of mountains in the area, but is Grouse Mountain. And there's famously this hike called the Grouse Grind. And you start at the bottom of the mountain, you go up to the top, and there's these giant steps that you go up along the way. And it's very much like a walk, although some people do run it. I did see some people running on it. It was wild. But I remember when we did that and we did successfully make it to the top. But when we first got there in just in the parking lot, because I had never done anything like that before, I looked up at the mountain and I just started laughing because I had no idea how I was going to get to the top. But I was like, oh, this is going to be real fun. But, you know, (laughs) something that Oprah says is that the way that she does those hikes, those challenging hikes especially, is she doesn't look up at where she's going. She takes moments to breathe and look back to see Uh, how far she's come. And then she says, wow, I've come all that way. I can do a little bit more. She does a little Mm. bit more and she turns back and she looks again. And I think that's just such a great philosophy, not only for hiking, but for life and for life by design, as we're going to talk about today. So congratulations on that huge, huge achievement. That is 18 miles a day and all that elevation gain. That is no small feat. And with two young kids at home, I don't know how you juggle it all, but that is what we're going to talk about on today's show. Um, For our listeners, before we dive in, here's the thing. We want to get to know all of you. We sit here and we talk about these great topics and we're hoping that they hit with you and that they resonate with you and that they leave you with some valuable nuggets. But at the end of the day, we want to hear from you. We want to get to know all of you better. And so don't make us come and knock on your door. But in the meantime, we've set up a quick little survey so that you can let us know a little bit about who you are, what you're interested in hearing about, and if you might be interested in being a featured guest on the podcast, we would love to have you here to hear about your story, particularly with life, money, investing, parenting, any of that, so that you can share your story with the community. So if you're interested either in being a guest or in sharing a little bit more about you and your story, you can go to goodegginvestments.com slash survey and fill out that survey so we can get to know a little bit more about you. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and dive in. As mentioned, this is the first episode in a three-part series on life by design. Now, from the very beginning of when we launched Good Egg Investments, life by design was always super, super important to us because as Julie and I, when we started this company, it was really about, you know, we were two busy moms. We had found this amazing thing for building wealth for our families, and we just wanted to shout it from the rooftops. But we were never in love with the real estate. Real estate was always the vehicle to get us to create passive income so we could quit our jobs or to have a little bit of extra money so we could travel with our families 
or be able to retire early so that we could do what we wanted with our time or pursue a passion project or something like that. So that was always at the core of everything we were doing to help people to build wealth, to save money, to start investing was really this concept of life by design. So I'm excited to have the opportunity to dive in. And in this first conversation, we're going to talk about specifically how to envision your life by design and how to get started. It's not something that you'll be able to do in a day, but it's certainly something where you can make a small mindset shift even today while listening to this conversation that will drastically over time change the trajectory of your life. Absolutely. So we're going to be able to bring it back in and and like Annie said, give you something that you can start today. And that is the big part of life by design. This isn't just a one little workshop that you can do and change the way that your life will unfold. This is a practice and a habit that you get into developing where you're starting to make small shifts that lead to huge changes in ending up in the place that you've always dreamed yourself ending up instead of ending up somewhere like many Americans, like many people and asking like, how did I get here? How am I not where I want to be? How do I have these dreams and visions, but never seem to be making progress towards them? So we're going to give you that little bit to set you off on that path today. Yes. But first, let's talk about just what is a life by design? It's a term we throw around a lot. We're always talking about how to create an intentional and meaningful life by design. So life by design, really at the core, it's the opposite of a life by default, as you were just mentioning, Susan, right? So a lot of people, it's kind of think about it like in the matrix, right? Pre-waking up, pre-knowing that there's a blue pill and a red pill, and you just like you're going through the motions because that's what maybe your parents did before you or the community around you. That's what they're doing. You go to school, you maybe you get a degree, you get a job, you buy a house, you have some kids, and then you kind of clock in, clock out and expect to retire in your 60s. That's kind of the standard cookie cutter format. And a lot of people end up their whole lives. They live that life by default because that's what they've been told. Poke their head up to say, is there another way to do this? Is this really what I want? Does this make me happy? And so people even find themselves on that path, I think, in this default path, and they realize that they're not even getting to where they think that they're going. They're all of a sudden, there's a huge generation right now that can't purchase homes. Because housing costs and median incomes are just so askew these days. And like, wait a minute, is this actually the way that I want to be going? Or they're finding I'm not saving enough for retirement. My stock market portfolio is actually not going to get me to where I want to go. So there's also these reality check moments, I think, that force people to have these questions um, to be able to rethink what they really want to be doing and how they're going to get there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I read that over 50% of Gen Zers and millennials believe that they need to win the lottery in order to buy a house. Like that's Mm -hmm. wild. I mean, as it relates to life by design, there's no one life by design path for everybody. It looks different for everybody. It can be something big. It can be something small. It can be just a mindset, a way of thinking. But a life by design is the opposite of a life by default, where you're kind of going through the motions. A life by design is one that you actively participate in, you actively create, you're always thinking 
outside the box, thinking of new solutions. You're not taking no for an answer. You're being resourceful to try to think not, oh, but I can't do that. I can't do it this way. I can't do it that way. Instead, you're asking, how can I do it that way? This is what I want. I don't think I can get there, but how can I? And that's as simple as it is, is just making that one small tweak. So Annie, I have all of a sudden just realized that like where I'm headed in life is not what I've always dreamed. Maybe I've got my kids and all of a sudden they're in schools and I realize, wait a minute, I want to be traveling with these kids. I want to be having more time with them sooner. I want to do all these things. Oh my gosh, what do I do? Where do I start to be able to make these what feel like big monumental shifts and changes in my lifestyle and the direction? Where do I get started? Well, it's too late. You're stuck <laughs> forever. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. Yep. I love that you pointed yeah. that out just now where the, the first step is saying like, I do want to change this and yes, having the courage, exactly. like we talked yeah. about last time, having the courage to be able to acknowledge yeah. that it's even possible that this could be me. If they can do it, why not me? Yeah, exactly. I think that's the first step is just acknowledging, hey, wait a second, there's something a little bit off. There's something not quite right. And I don't know where I want to go yet. But I just know that there's something a little bit off about the life that I have now versus maybe the life I envisioned when I was a little kid or the life I see some others around me living that maybe inspires me to make a change. And so that's the first step is just acknowledging that you brought up in our conversation before we started recording that in the book, Designing Your Life, which is a fantastic book, highly recommended to any listeners, if you haven't read it, it's based on a course of the same name that was originally taught at Stanford. I think they still teach it at Stanford. It's, mm-hmm. it's do, yeah. regularly one of the most popular courses in all of Stanford across all the different majors. People want to know, how do I design an intentional life? And so they put all those principles into this book. And one of the things that they recommend, which I remember I did early on, and it was totally eye-opening for me when I did it back when I read this book, is the energy audit. So I'll let you speak a little bit more about it, but I think it's a great way to take just a quick assessment of where you are before you then decide where you're going to go. Exactly. And this is something I'm actively doing right now for the first time. So what this practice looks like is pick one day a week, two days a week. Don't think that you need to do this for a week straight or two weeks straight, although more data is great, speaking from a previous engineer. But the idea here is that write down kind of generally what you did and then evaluate how much energy did that activity bring you or give you or did you show up? How much energy did it create? or require. Maybe that's a scale from zero to five. It could be a scale from negative three to positive three. You know, did it drain energy? Did it give you energy? And then also evaluate how focused were you? How engaged were you in that activity? So if you found that like you were just kind of going through the motions of that activity, but maybe it didn't really give or take away your energy, it just sort of was. Those are good, valuable things to know. And then you're able to really reflect upon how your day is going right now. So in this practice, you're basically creating a baseline and giving yourself the information you need to be able to start making small shifts to create a more ideal day. So this energy audit is the first thing we want you to start doing, even if you 
don't have the intention to revitalize your whole life and your work plan, if you just want to like make a little bit of incremental change to have better days, this is a great practice to start with. Yeah. And I remember back when I originally did it, there were certain things that I didn't think to include. Or once I completed the exercise, I was like, wait, I should have included the time I spent checking emails, the time I spent doing the carpool with my kids or cleaning the house, even little things like that. It's like, you never know. Does it bring you energy? How does it compare to something else on your list that you might be more focused on? And so, It's just a great, simple tool, very analog tool. I mean, although you could do it on a spreadsheet, I guess, but Mm -hmm. I did mine on paper. Not that anybody does it in a spreadsheet. No, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I didn't start on paper and then put everything into a spreadsheet at the end. That's amazing. (laughs) I, I probably should have done that. Anyway, so yes, start with an energy audit just to get a sense of where you are. If you're feeling like something is off or that there's something more that you want out of life, start there just to get an assessment of where you are. And then from there, this is yeah, my, next step. one of my favorite parts. And it's often quite challenging for a lot of people actually, but it can be really fun. So once you've done your energy audit and you've identified the areas that you love about what you're doing that really give you energy, It's about thinking about how can I get more of that in my day so that at the end of the day, you end up with more energy than you started out with. And that's a great place to start is just to try to rearrange your day in small ways so that you do less of the things that drain your energy and more of the things that give you energy. And as you're doing that, and as you're kind of settling in with that, then you can start to dream. Because once you have at least a baseline amount of energy, it's hard if you're being drained every day and you're burnt out at the end of the day to sit down and think about what your ideal life would be like. You forget about it. You're going to be like, Mm -hmm. I don't even know. I can't even think about that. And so start with just trying to fill your own bucket, whether it's with self-care or rearranging your day a little bit to do more of the things that give you energy. And then comes the visioning part. But Susan, do you want to add anything to that? Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid like we were that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations. And as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. 
We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day. Because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. Such a great point here. I did a lifestyle course at one point in the past three years or so that was like a little bit of live your ideal life kind of course. And it was a interactive. We were meeting with the facilitator. It wasn't just a video course online. And the first session was sit down and do your visioning. What is your ideal day look like? What does your ideal week look like? And I was like, well, I don't know. I like to, I want to swim in the ocean and I want to go for a 20 mile run. And I just filled up this day with just things that I like to do. And what made that not helpful in that scenario is that we went from that to being like, okay, now, and the whole course was then like, build up the passive income streams with a side hustle so that you can live that life. But never did we go back to that and actually say like, is that actually what I want to be doing with my day? Is that realistic? And also, what part of my ideal day is actually already happening right now? And that is the more beneficial place to start and saying, oh, I actually really like doing this with, I like when I sometimes get to wake up and have just an hour with one kid instead of both kids immediately at the same time. And so how can I make that happen a few days more each week to be able to increase my level of enjoyment now and today and to set myself up to do more proper visioning, which is what we're getting into. Yeah, It could be so simple too. And this was something I didn't realize. I thought it had to be big sweeping Mm -hmm. changes, but it could Mm -hmm. be small things. Like I started just... Before I would hop into a meeting, because we're all got the Zoom fatigue these days, I'll force myself to stand up and go step outside the front door and just breathe for a second and absorb some sunshine. Yesterday morning, I took some time. I think it was 20 minutes. I was reading my book while playing with my puppy. And it just little things like that. It doesn't have to be a huge change in your day, but little things like that start to add up and fill up your own bucket. And then like you're saying, it allows you to see the things that give you joy and that give you energy that are already part of your life. So you can amplify that. But yeah, the visioning part, this is the part that some people struggle with because some people are so entrenched in what their day-to-day life looks like right now that opening it up to infinite possibilities is almost too overwhelming. But that's why it's important to build up that energy first. So you're Mm -hmm. in this place of, okay, I think some of this is doable. I think this is possible. Then you start to dream. So you don't just jump right into it from a state of burnout and like, oh my gosh, everything's off. You want to come at it from a good place. But really all it entails sitting down, closing your eyes, You can do it right now if you're not driving, but you can start to envision and really be as detailed as possible. And like when I do this, I don't even write it down because the memory of it and being there envisioning it is so powerful. I don't even need to write it down, but it really is about um, putting yourself there, feeling the emotion. So when your alarm 
goes off in the morning, assuming you wake up by alarm in your ideal life, you know, you open your eyes, where are you? What do you see? When you look out the window, what does that view look like? Where are you? What city are you located in? Who's lying next to you if there's anybody in the bed? When do you get up? What does your house look like? Is it the house you live in now or is it a different house? You go into the bathroom. Are your kids sharing a bathroom with you? Do you have your own bathroom? Are, how old are your kids at this point? Your mind can spin. A, that's the beauty of the human brain is unlike any other species, we have the power of imagination. We can go places that we haven't been before and we can make them so real. And so as you're walking through this day, every moment of the day, think about where you're having your morning cup of coffee. Who are your neighbors? When are you starting your day? Is it online meetings? Is it you're commuting into somewhere? Are you working with a lot of people? Are you working by yourself? Are you doing something different than you are doing now? Are you doing the same thing, but maybe in a different capacity? Where do your kids go to school? All these little questions, and you don't have to go through all of them, but your brain will take you to the pieces that are most important to you. And it's important as you're going through to really feel and breathe into the emotions of it because that's what's going to make it real. When you take that sip of coffee and you're looking out over that view, ah, what is that going to feel like? And that's what's going to make it real. And that's how you know where your destination is, is through this visioning exercise. Mm, I like that. I like that. And then I like that you brought this out. I hadn't heard that before, Annie, where it really is more powerful to just sit and close your eyes and think about it and feel it before you take the steps of writing it down. What would you be doing at 7 a.m., at 8 a.m., at 9 a.m.? Of course, that's my spreadsheet brain maybe a little bit, but to really like feel it out, you're not confined by the how much time is actually available in a day in that scenario. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, well, in my ideal day, I want to like ride my bike to go sip coffee at the cafe down the street. I want to be able to go for a surf session. I want to be able to do this. And maybe like in a real day, you actually don't have time to maybe do all those things. But these are elements of things that are bringing you energy and you're drawing upon the work you just did of understanding what brings you energy. Oh, I really like being with my family during certain times of the day or other times of the day. And so, oh, I'm in an ideal day. That's going to look like. So to take it from that, like sitting and feeling and thinking, what's a way, Annie, that you can then translate that into getting it to be a little bit more of physical thing that you're looking at every day that you're reminded about? So I have two favorites, one that most people have heard of and one that most people haven't heard of. And you might have something to add to this as well based on what you do. But one way, so after you do this visioning exercise, and you've got it locked into your mind and your heart about that life that you want, all before thinking about the hows. Don't worry about the how. Don't worry about the time restrictions, the things that are in your way. Just hold that dream in your mind. And then to get it on paper or to get it to a place where you can be reminded of it every day, uh, because there's power in that. That's part of manifestation is continuing to come back to that state and to think about that goal that you have. The simpler one is to create a vision board. That's the one that most people are now familiar with. And I've done this. I've printed out photos of my family or I'll get old magazines and some scotch tape and I'll cut up different pictures that resonate with me that might not be exactly 
the images that were in my mind, but they're representative or they're closer. They evoke that same emotion. And I'll sort of put those together and with some words too. So I'll cut out some headlines from magazines like inspire or give or grow. So things Mm -hmm. that connect with that vision that I had in my mind. But that's Mm -hmm. the first one is a vision board. That's great. I like using really concrete language. Like I'm looking at my board behind my computer right now and I have world schooling because I want to travel for a year. Mm -hmm. I have a whole one year around the world adventure. Like I have put a number on that. It's an adventure. There's different forms of how I want to help people in real estate on this. There's maps, there's things with trail running. So it's an evolution too. I absolutely also have like pasted pictures over other pictures to just refine it even further or I've put like big check marks across things. Like it's amazing to look at this board and then a year later be like, wow, I've done two of those things. And I don't know if I would have if I wasn't looking at them every day. Right. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because there's so much power in continuing to see those things and be reminded. I mean, I have a lot of my goals on my phone. And so every time I pick up my phone, I look at my phone, I see all my goals listed there. And Mm -hmm. so it's a constant reminder. But the other way I was going to mention was a mind movie. This is something that was introduced to me a few years ago by one of my coaches. And a mind movie, it's like a vision board on steroids because it's a video. It's in a video format. And so it's set to music and you can use images or actual video footage or a combination of those It can be a video collage. Here's a great example. A few years ago when I was trying to manifest the house that we're living in now, at the time we were living in this duplex in Oakland that was, Oakland houses are very close together. And so we were maybe had five to 10 feet of space from our next door neighbor, which was a hot pink house that was falling apart. And so all I wanted in my heart of hearts, what I most wanted was a house with a view where I could look out the window and not see Barbie pink siding that's falling (laughs) apart, but I could see the bay, I could see the mountains, whatever it is, right? I didn't even have a specific view in mind. I just wanted a view. So I created a mind movie. I actually just went to, I think it was Zillow or Redfin, and I looked at local houses and you know how they have all those images, those beautifully staged images. I just saved some images of houses at the tops of hills with views and I saved some images and I set it to this amazing song that has meaning to me. It's Jason Mraz's Have It All. And so I set it to that song and every morning and every night for a period of time, I would watch that mind movie. And the funniest thing happened, maybe like a few months in, I became suddenly obsessed with looking at houses. Like all of a sudden, had no interest in buying a house prior to that point. Didn't think that buying a house with a view was even possible for us in this crazy Bay Area market. This was in 2021 at the height of the market. But one thing led to another. And this house that we're living in now with this view is more majestic more magical than I ever envisioned in any of those images that I put into my mind movie. But there's something magical that happens when you keep reminding yourself over and over of this goal that you're aiming for, this life that you're envisioning. It's like the whole universe conspires to bring it to you. 
And so, yeah, the mind movie is a powerful thing. I like that. I would like to do that. I, at one point, I recorded myself saying my affirmations because I realized that I found myself wanting to find privacy to be able to say my affirmations out loud or thinking that it took a lot of time. But when I recorded them, I'm like, oh, this is two and a half minutes. <laughs> two and a half minutes is not a lot of time. And I find myself listening to it in transit sometimes. I listen to it when I just have a few moments by myself, whereas sitting and stopping and reading my affirmations was just like a little too much of a hurdle. So having these more digestible, quick formats to be able to, again, see your vision, see your goals, continue to refine upon them to create new ones. Don't be attached to this one vision that you created at the beginning of this process. But the fact that you're starting by seeing what it is that gives you energy today, using that to inform what might then my ideal day look like, given this information, given where I want to see myself in that long. And what can I start to do to just see that every day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we wrap, I did want to ask, Susan, do you have any people you know or examples of people who are living a life by design? I can think of a couple people in my life who I can really point to and say, that person is definitely living a life by design. Oh, yeah. Okay. So my friend Jonathan used to be a river guide with me. And he mm-hmm. was always had a little entrepreneurial mindset too, which was very new to me as a river guide. I didn't grow up with entrepreneurs. I grew up with teachers and engineers and just, you know, the standard path. So me diverting from that and becoming a river guide and a kayak instructor and a writer was very divergent just to begin with. But Jonathan was all those things, but then he started to, he like somehow bought a house, which was just blew my mind, right? In my early 20s, like, how can he buy a house? And of course, he was scrappy with other people's money. I think in that case, he had partnerships in doing it, but he had leveraged his skill set to put time and effort into these properties to be able to put in the sweat equity. And all of a sudden, five, 10 years later, Jonathan has like 10 or 12 homes in our neighboring town, which is where I have my one rental property these days. And I've pivoted to passive since then because I don't have Jonathan's interest in (laughs) rehabbing and renovating all of these things. But today, the work that he put in there, um, this friend is, he got a nursing degree along the way. And so occasionally he picks up nursing jobs, but for the most part, he doesn't even have to nurse anymore. That was just a way to fund his real estate, I think. He kiteboards around the world. He goes to Burning Man every year. He picks up guiding trips in the Grand Canyon, which are like two-week long river trips, as well as private trips, which sometimes are 25-day river trips in the Grand Canyon. I mean, immersing yourself for that long in the most beautiful places in the world. He'll travel abroad. You know, he's also bought different properties kind of around the world, but he's able to live his life of like, I can live anywhere I want. I can be as active as I want. I can explore. I can take big chunks of time off. It's amazing to have seen that whole process take place. And so I at least see that he's living his life by design. And it does make me wonder if there was any framework processes along the way. I think he did it a lot like learning as he went. He saw the freedom that real estate kind of gave him along the way. Um, I do know now that like, I think that he put in a lot of work, like a lot of so much sweat equity that there are parts of his body too that are just tired and drained because of that actual physical labor that he put in. But what about you? Who do you know that has taken this and created a life of their design? Yeah. Well, before I dive in, I just wanted to pull something from that story that you shared. Your friend, Jonathan, sounds like such an inspiration, by the way. Kiteboarding around the world, Burning Man in 25-day 
trips. Oh my gosh. That is a dream. Well, it's my version of inspired too. You know, that may not appeal to everyone else at all, but it appeals to him. And But just um, having that freedom to be able to do that, it sounds like if he, for whatever reason, decided that wasn't what he wanted, he has the freedom to shift his life now that he has all this set up, right? And so it reminded me of the multiple different types of freedom, which we're not going to dive fully into, but I just wanted to mention them because I think a lot of people, when they think about life by design, they think about financial freedom, which is certainly a key component. If you can be financially free and not have to work for your money and have your money working for you, create that passive income, then you don't have to work, which is a big part of the holdback for a lot of people to be able to take a 25-day river trip. So financial freedom is the most common one that people think of when they think of freedom, but there's actually five different freedoms that all contribute to a life by design. And so do you want to know what they are? Yes. What are the five yes. freedoms? Okay. We talked, we teased one in the intro, right? Yes. And that, that's so true. I'll cover that one, the freedom to give back. I mean, that's a huge privilege, I think, in our world. So I think about like, if I could just be able to support all the causes I want to support the people I want to my community, all of that freedom is huge one of design. But yes. tell us a little bit more. Yeah. So we've got financial freedom. We've got freedom to give back. There's also time freedom, which it sounds like your friend Jonathan has Mm -hmm. to be able to kiteboard, kite surf, and to take these trips. That time freedom, largely because you don't have to work. Or if you do work, you have that freedom and flexibility to work on your own schedule. The next one a lot of people don't think of is geographical freedom. And that's something that my friend, I'll tell you about in here in a sec, has great geographical freedom. She can live, well, she has three kids and they can live anywhere that they want. And then finally, the freedom of purpose. And so being able to contribute how you like, not just to give back, but also what is your ultimate purpose and identifying that and having that be part of your everyday life, whether through starting a side hustle or a business, investing in real estate, but really deciding what you want that purpose to be, your soul calling, so to speak, um, and having that be part of your life by design. So those are the five freedoms, financial freedom, time freedom, location or geographical freedom, freedom of purpose and freedom to give back. But my friend Jess, actually, she was on the podcast, Jess Swenson, way back in episode number 35. Jess, a few years ago, she had a dream like yours, actually. She wanted to world school her kids. She has three kids at the time. I can't remember. I think her youngest was maybe like three or four. She wanted to travel the world. And that was her idea of life by design. So she actually made it happen. And so she and her husband traveled the world for a year with their three kids while world schooling. And her husband was able to work along the way because he had a remote job. And for the housing piece, they actually used a service called Trusted House Sitters where they would go and they would stay and house sit along the way they stayed at some pretty rad places like farms where they're taking care of all these different animals to like apartments in the city so all kinds of different places but they were able to piece together an entire trip around the world 
with very little expenses for their family of five. And then when they came back to the States, they were no longer anchored to the Bay Area where they were before they started their trip. And they actually took their time to decide where they wanted to end up. And so now they're in Bentonville, Arkansas, which I hear is becoming quite a destination, but they love it there and they have that geographical freedom among many of the other freedoms as well. I love it. It's easy to look at this end lifestyle of these two examples that we've just given. Jess's new like geographic freedom, her big trip that she did, Jonathan's like being able to just do what he wants with his time and go on adventures all over the world. But what isn't evident, maybe initially, is the five to 10 years before that, where they started picking away at that dream. And they began to discover like, wow, this is something I can do. I'm sure there was a point in Jess's journey where she was like, but you can't take your kids out of school. This is something that, oh, wait a minute, maybe I can. There's other families out there. There's other things. And maybe Jonathan thought like, I'm a river guide. How could I ever own properties that would mean I don't ever have to work? I just have passive income. But he saw other people doing it. He took little steps every day. So it's possible for everybody. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to this episode and you have that desire to go toward your life by design, as we mentioned, this is part of a three-part series. So we're not going to leave you hanging with just the dream and no way to get there. This dream of your life by design is just the first part, but it's so important because you have to know where you want to go. And so after listening to this episode, maybe pick one thing that you're going to do today or this week. It's going to get you one step closer to your life by design. It might be starting that energy audit that we talked about. It might be sitting down to envision what your life by design might look like might be talking to your spouse or your partner about what their goals and what their dreams are. It might be just taking a post-it note and writing down the five freedoms and putting that up somewhere where you can see them so you can think about how to get there. It might be next time you want to say, I can't do that. You switch it into how can I, but it can be any of these number of little things that just get the wheels turning and get you in motion toward that life by design. Absolutely. And I'd love to hear about what you decide to do and how it goes. Feel free to send me an email anytime. My name is Susan at Good Egg Investments. You can reach me anytime there. I'd love to hear how people are starting this journey and going. So shoot me an email. Yes. And just to give you a preview so that you'll continue this life by design journey with us and get some real tangible results from this series. So um, this first episode on this Life by Design series is on that visioning piece, which is the anchor, arguably the most important piece. And then after that, we're going to talk about the how. So on the next episode, part two of this three-part series, we're going to talk about the how, specifically the passive income and the money piece of it. How do you replace your income? How do you get that financial freedom and possibly that time freedom as well so that you can get closer to that life by design. We're going to be talking about all that on the next episode. And then finally, that part three is we're going to be talking about how to get closer and closer the iteration toward that life by design, the mindset to keep you going, especially when things get tough or obstacles get in your way. 
and how to have that long-term view toward your life by design, how to evolve it over time because it's not just a static goal in the distance. It's always changing, right? So mm-hmm. you paste mm-hmm. your pictures on top of your other ones. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And if in the process of taking action with this first part of our series here, you're encountering some friction, maybe you just don't know if you can do it. Take a look at our episode 189 that we just recorded on courage. I almost feel like that's a prequel to this discussion. We didn't intend that to be the prequel, but with that little dose of realizing we all have the courage to take one step and to be the light and to be the person that lives this alternative lifestyle, it can really give you some inspiration to begin this journey and really take off. Mm -hmm. And for more stories, more inspiration, you can also check out our blog. It's at goodegginvestments.com slash blog. You'll find lots of stories, articles, whether you're investing in real estate, just getting started, or you want to be inspired by what other investors are doing with their life by design. There'll be plenty of resources for you there. Thank you again for tuning in for this episode of the Life and Money Show. And we very much look forward to seeing you on the next episode, part two of this Life by Design series. See you then. You've been listening to the Life and Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth and making an impact in the world. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life and Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of this show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations.